Today is Friday, November 11th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Hurricane Nicole hits Florida and votes continue to come in post-election. We'll have that top story more on today's podcast. We bring you news from a Christian perspective. Joining me as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire. Joining me now, guys... It's Friday. I, I feel like Hurricane Nicole sounds like a nice hurricane. I don't know. I don't like that name. <laughs> it's not, not the best name, I, but you know, it'll be a, it'll be a guy next time, right? Because they go back and forth, I mean, male and female. I think it's not a very friendly hurricane. I don't so know. Maybe well, it'll be a mean a mean guy, a mean Joe Green hurricane next. Yeah. I don't know. Well, my daughter works at Chick Fil A, and she's got a coworker there named Ian, and he was when Hurricane Ian came through, he was doing the drive-thru orders saying, hi, my name's Ian, just like the hurricane. <laughs> and they would all come in. So I'm, I, you're right. It feels like too nice of a name. Like there's Nicole's everywhere going, come on. Right. Come on. Why do you, why do you got to do that to me? Why you got to do this to me? Well, so in a Hurricane Karen, I think. Would be. Yes, that's that would be appropriate. But then That'd I feel good. bad for all the real Karens at this point. Right. The sane Karens. Uh. <laughs> which is mo- which is most Karens. So, yes, right. most Karens. And Karen, there's... if you're listening, we're happy you're here. Yes, we're glad you're here. All right. Well, hey, we got a lot to get to. Woman arrested for feeding the homeless. You guys have that. So, I mean, this is just, it's ridiculous. This is a sign of the times when this is happening, but we'll get into that. Plus on the main thing, we will look at the election and what's coming in. We got Nathan Gonzalez from uh, Roll Call with John Stolness breaking it all down. But first, we're going to go through the news in 90 seconds. Man, Hurricane Nicole, after making landfall as a Category 1 storm, just south of Florida's Vero Beach early yesterday. It's now tropical storm, and it's still hitting with heavy rains and widespread strong winds. There were at least two deaths, according to officials. And um, so obviously it's a powerful storm. We'll continue to keep an eye on that over at CBNNews.com. Russia's military said earlier this week that it will withdraw from the only Ukrainian regional capital it captured. But Kiev was skeptical, and an analyst warned that this could be a ruse to lure the country's forces into a deadly trap. And a fake Twitter account created under NBA star LeBron James's name fooled thousands of people into believing that James was making demands to be traded back to Cleveland. And it's all because of Elon Musk's new $8 blue check policy, according to many. Um, LeBron James did not ask to be traded at all. That's just a completely fake account. But they had paid the $8 to get that blue check, so many people were fooled. Those are just some of the top headlines going on around the country today. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. So, guys, I wanted to bring up this Twitter story because, you know, Uh. we haven't had time to talk about it because all of the election things going on. But there are people now starting to turn. Initially, they thought, oh, this is great. Well, everyone and there are a lot of people buying the blue check, it seems. Uh huh. And uh, and so now you have people sort of turning on it, saying, is there any verification process in place? Because if well, you can just pay eight dollars now, I don't know who wants to pay eight dollars a month to to just create random trolls. But uh, but this LeBron James one. Look, anybody who knows basketball knows LeBron. The Cleveland Cavaliers would not want thirty-eight-year-old LeBron James back because they're doing great um, without him. So, and the Lakers are like two and nine or something like that. So that was obviously a fake tweet. But um, it's it's a problem though. It's like, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with the hey, make people pay to verify themselves or whatever. But it should be at least confirmation that. 
they have to do something, show an ID. I don't know, make it a little more of a rigorous process than just pay. Dan is bringing this up just so that I will unleash about this. Yeah, I think I'm it's just, a, I'm I just triggering this, Billy. That's all I'm doing. This has been a terrible idea from its inception. And all of this was, you guys, okay, I'm not I'm not Mr. Cleo over here. I'm predicting the future. <laughs> I said all this to you day one that this is going to be what would happen because all you have to do is get verified, pay your $8, and then change everything. There's Even if they verify you, you could then change it. Now, you could say they're, they're just going to need a massive team of people to monitor this, and I don't know that they have that in place. Yeah, I don't know that this is going to go too well, but I, I think also Elon Musk kind of – his leadership style is like a madman leadership style. I think he just throws every single thing possible at the wall and he sees what sticks yeah. and he also sees what gets the most eyeballs and what gets the most outrageous headlines. And I, I honestly think he's just having fun right now. He's trolling Twitter. Yes. Uh, he, he's like the chief troll. Yeah. I think I think it'll get fixed because, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like it takes rocket science to you can make a separate thing like this is an official account. I don't know. You can there's a million things you could do to signify it. And the blue check would just signify someone who is a subscriber and is actually paying, which which in most cases will indicate some level of credibility because I don't I mean, think a lot of people are going to well, want to sit here and pay eight dollars to TFN just to troll people. I'd be shocked if that I were the case. People but, will. Yeah, I, think I think people they will. will. Yeah, I think that I think it's cheap enough where you could still hide behind anonymity. I don't understand if the goal is to make sure people don't do that. Why is there nothing in place right now making sure that happens? It just like it doesn't right, I seem think, to be I think, to, I think to Trey's point, they'll get there. I mean, he's already changed like 15 things in two weeks uh, that since he's taken this thing over. And it seems like it'd be simple enough as to just, okay, they had these check marks that Twitter themselves put on there. They'll have to just have a secondary form of to make the account official. Uh, that's it. Which just, still will, which still will upset people because it's another category of people. That's what this has all been about, right? Yeah, different categories well, of people. The easy so. solution to this is just not care about Twitter and not be on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's well, uh, I'm not paying eight dollars. I'm not. Paying oh, I'm not paying eight dollars. I mean, I happen to be verified, uh, and you guys all were as well too. And it doesn't look like our regular verified checks are going away, even though we're not big celebrities, but we're in the media, and a lot of media people got verified just. For that reason, because we're in the media. But I, yeah, I'm not paying. No, no chance. I'm giving Twitter $8 a month. I think the real news here and a major blow to Elon Musk is that Whoopi Goldberg decided to delete her account. Oh, that's like a Christmas meal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I, mean, like, I just wanted to let Billy vent his frustration with the Twitter oh, verification process. So there you go. Just doing my there. Don't say I don't say I've never cared about you, Billy. Um <laughs> But let's move into our next story here. And we've got an Arizona grandma who was arrested for feeding the poor. What is going on here? This story is wild. We initially covered it at CBN News, and now we are covering it at Faithwire because we had a chance to sit down with Norma Thornton. She's a 78-year-old grandmother from Arizona, and here's what she does with her time. She spends her time selflessly helping the poor, feeding them, literally cooking meals for the poor and homeless every single day, and then feeding them. Um, and so really what happened was she was arrested because she was feeding homeless people and poor people in a local park in Arizona. And the cops came and they allegedly arrested her for this back in March. So um, how is she responding to this? Uh, what is What has she said? So it's interesting because they ended up 
dropping the charges, but she was threatened allegedly with a whole bunch of things, fines and all this other stuff. The, the reality is she is not allowed because there's, there's an ordinance to feed the poor for charitable purposes. That's apparently what the language reads for charitable purposes in the park. You can only get a permit for a two hour window once a month. And you have to pay. She told me it was $250 for that permit. She said, this is pointless. She's out there by the way, five days a week feeding these people. For four years, she was doing that without any problem until this arrest in March. Um, and so how is she reacting? Well, she she could just slither away and not do it anymore. But what she did was she found a man who has a private business in an alleyway about a block away, which is not ideal, but she can actually feed legally in that private alleyway. And she decided to team up with a legal firm and sue the town uh, which is really interesting. She's suing the towns to try to get rid of that ordinance so she could return to the park and feed the homeless. That, that is incredible. And that law is so bizarre. It's It feels very specific. And I haven't looked at it lately, Billy, but I remember it's, fill my memory in here. It said something, it's so specific. It's like, it, you can't give food to a homeless person. And so what was happening, the homeless people who were sharing food with each other, they couldn't do it either. Like it was just, it was just very bizarre. Like they, you know, it just seems so specific and so like, just, I don't know, heavy handed on something like giving out food. It's pre-prepared food too. Cause she's cooking this food and bringing it. Right. Yeah. So like, so as far as I understand it, she could be handing out pre-packaged meals and it wouldn't be a problem. Or she could be like, it was because she was cooking the food and bringing it. I mean, it's just, it's a very bizarre rule because she also said uh, that she could host a party, let's say with a hundred people at the same spot in the park. And if it was a party and she had a permit for that, that would be okay. But yet can't, you know, do this. So it's just, it's, it's a very bizarre story. But by the way, I just want to add this because she has a lot of critics too. People will criticize her. She said she usually spends less than an hour in the park and that she cleans up and leaves it cleaner than it was when she got there. So she wanted to address that part of it. Yeah, that's really it's really great that she does that. Why? Why? What's her motivation behind it? Why is she so intent on uh, feeding the poor? Yeah, she just said she can't imagine how in America, with everything we have, that we would have people who are hungry. That it bothers her so much. And then she said the number one motivation is my Savior Jesus Christ and His Father. And she talked about the first commandment and the second commandment. She talked about you know loving others, loving their your neighbor and your fellow man, and how important that is. And she said that she will never stop. She's like I will never stop feeding the homeless and the poor. And again, she's 78 years old and this woman's making meals. The day she got arrested, she had fed like 26 people in the park. It's so bad. It's such an upside down world when our regulations are so over the top and so just oppressive that doing good gets punished. I mean, that is really remarkable. You would think there's laws on the books you could just kind of ignore and look the other way at the at the sweet grandma out there feeding people. I mean, it's just, I mean, what is wrong with our culture when you have good deeds that go punished? Yeah. I mean, how much do you think she's spending on food and supplies? Yeah. She talked about the fact that she, she said, I'm not stopping. I know I'm right. And I love that she said this. She was like, and the reason I know I'm right is when I pray about this every time, blankets show up at my door, food shows up at my door. Yep. God puts it in other people's hearts to bring me these supplies. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, good for her for stepping up and doing something for her community. It's a shame she's getting punished for it. But I think these laws that we have in place or the fact that we haven't revisited these laws kinds of just show 
shows where our priorities lie, right? Like if our priority was taking care of the homeless in our community or taking care of those in need, then we wouldn't have these kinds of laws in place. Or if they were in place, uh, we would have an easy and quick way to resolve this issue because there's nothing forcing them to implement this law, right? They're they're just choosing to go ahead and implement this law to punish this woman for feeding people who desperately need food. I mean, it's, there are all kinds of laws on the books, by the way, in states all in cities all around the country that are not applied. There's yeah. no reason to apply no, this. No reason at all. You miss out on that human to human doing something for another human, doing something good for another person. You cannot replicate that through a system. You just can't. And so yeah. you, you not only just harm this individual, but you're harming all the people that she's helping and you're harming the community and culture as a whole because you're missing out on things that bring us together, especially in this divided time where we're so many things divide us. Here's a person doing something that will bring people together and she's getting punished for it. It's terribly wrong. And um, I hope that she is able to continue to uh, rack up court victories on this thing. And um, and we can call it a day on that. But uh, appreciate you bringing that one, uh, Billy. We're going to head into the main thing now, and we've still we've still got votes being tallied up, which is just insane. In her neck of the woods, Arizona, apparently they have trouble tr- uh, trouble feeding the poor. They also have trouble counting votes. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're still doing it at the time of this taping. And um, actually, we have a clip from Bill Gates uh, that we didn't get to, but he's talking about, not that Bill Gates, this is the Bill Gates from Maricopa County uh, with the elections office there. And he said, eh, it's going to be sometime next week, early next week. We'll finish it up as he's chuckling. It's like, you got one job, just count for the love of Pete, get it done. So anyway, how's it going to shake out? What about 2024? What does it all mean? And Nathan Gonzalez an elections analyst with inside elections. He joined John Stolness on today's main thing to break it all down. Nathan, we know the Senate is going to take at least another month before we find out who is in control, but How long do you think it will be before we know by how much Republicans have taken back control of the House? Because GOP control is, is that a fait accompli at this point? We're just waiting to figure out by how much? John, it's actually not. Um, You know, I've I've heard Leader McCarthy and other Republicans uh, talk about, sort of celebrate um, taking the gavel away from Speaker Pelosi, but there's still a path to a Democratic majority. I would still say Republicans are are more likely to get back the House. But that's been maybe the biggest surprise of election night was how close the battle for the House ended up being. Uh, but it is going to take some time both to either know the margin or to know whether Republicans uh, indeed get control because there are 10 seats in California that we're watching. And California uh, takes at least a week or two uh, to count those, count those remaining ballots. And so we're going to be in some limbo in the House. Uh, And in the Senate, we know that we're going to a a runoff in Georgia on December the 6th. But there's a possibility that if one party wins both Arizona and Nevada uh, before we get to December 6th, that that party uh, would be in control. So either Democrats maintaining control or Republicans winning a majority. So there are a lot of moving parts. We still should practice patience because of the duration and the time. Uh, But we may, I guess in a weird way, depending on Arizona and Nevada, we may know what happens in the Senate before we know uh, what happens in the House, which is not something we were expecting, uh, you know, in the in the months leading up to this. 
Let's look ahead to 2024. Uh, who did the most to help themselves setting up a potential presidential run on the Republican side based on what we saw this week? You have to say Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, I mean, he took a Florida isn't a swing state anymore. I would call it a battleground state because the margins tend to be close and he destroyed it. I mean, he he, he destroyed Charlie Crist is a 20 point victory. And that's something you, you have to put. Yeah, you know, that that's something that he didn't. He was positioning himself for 2024 anyway, mm-hmm. but winning big certainly boosts his chances. Uh, in terms of others, I mean, we can, I'm sure we'll talk about President Trump, uh, but the, the DeSantis, what I'm waiting to see with DeSantis is whether, what happens when other Republicans start to criticize him, right? He has done a good mm-hmm. job of putting himself at the front of the conversation and, and in the spotlight, but he hasn't, he's only taken a little bit of criticism from Trump with that nickname uh, a few days, a few days ago. But if we get into, as we turn to 2024, there are going to be more Republicans running and it's going to get a little bit, uh, a, a little bit more, uh, some, some criticism, right? That's, yeah. that's putting it d- d- uh, diplomatically, yeah. but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know Glenn Youngkin is another name that's been bandied about as a, as a 2024 candidate, and certainly others will, will jump into the fray as well. Um, looking on the Democratic side, obviously some Democrats had some had a very good night uh, in, in some of these races. And I, I'm curious to see if if President Biden does not run for a second term, and I guess maybe even if there, I, I don't know that he would get challenged from within his own party if he does decide to run. Uh, Biden didn't say for sure one way or the other whether he would run again in his day after news conference, although it kind of sounded like he, they're leaning in that direction. But which Democrats do you think put themselves at the front of the conversation of a run if Biden decides not to? In a weird way, it might be President Biden <laughs> I, that he, <laughs> yeah. by by not getting shellacked, uh, even though Democrats could still lose both chambers of Congress, but by defying midterm expectations that the president's party gets destroyed in a midterm, uh, that he has created more buzz. And, and I actually th- think that that might be ill placed. The Democrats didn't overperform expectations in some places because of him. I would I would argue it's in spite of him that he is still a uh, an unpopular incumbent president, and and if Democrats want to line up behind him, it's kind of at their own at their own risk. You know, mm. you now there's the possibility that the economy gets stronger, we get healthier as a country, and that would improve his standing. But he is still in a in a weak position politically, even though. Uh, Democrats did better in the House than what we expected. Um, and I, if he runs again, there won't be a why a, a crowd, a crowd of candidates. We're in a, we're in an environment where hardly anyone is handed anything. Even if Trump runs again, he'll probably get at least token primary opposition, if not something more significant from Governor DeSantis or others. Uh, if Biden doesn't run, then we'll have to look to the vice president first. Her strength or weakness will depend on the strength of the administration and the health of the uh, health of the nation and the economy. Someone like uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg, formerly Mayor Pete, uh, will probably run again. A dark horse for me is in a very tough race uh, this cycle, and that's Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona. Uh, for those of you who mm. are, aren't out there, he was a, an astronaut, a military pilot. Uh, married to Gabby Giffords. Uh, he's one of the Democrats' best fundraisers. 
uh, so and he's ambitious and I think he's going to run for president someday. Uh, we'll see if 2024 is that is that time. Interesting. Well, the elephant in the room here is Donald Trump. We've mentioned him a couple of times and he was very he had a a big hand in promoting a certain number of these senatorial candidates, these gubernatorial candidates, uh, some of these uh, Republicans running running for the House. And uh, we've seen people reporting that he was upset about how some of his handpicked candidates did on Tuesday night. Um, Did we see a repudiation of MAGA on Tuesday night? And, And if we did, what does this mean for him as a candidate in 2024? We have to say there was a repudiation of his candidates. Um, his candidates did, did not do well. I mean, there were some places where uh, where his endorsed candidates won, such as Ohio, but that rate with J.D. Vance, but that race was closer and a more costly defense of a Republican seat, a seat that Republicans already held. Uh, and but how far we extrapolate that, I, I think, remains to be seen. I mean, he, I don't know if this was a repudiation of of the kind of America first agenda, I think a wing of it, uh, there were candidates who went, who have gone even farther on um, denying what happened in the, the denying that President Biden won the 2020 election. And I, I think that came back to her candidates, such as Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, even uh, uh, Dan Cox in, in Maryland, who Maryland is a democratic state, but that race, he just got crushed. Um, yeah. And then the the fallout for former President Trump is is interesting because he is getting he's certainly getting blamed. Uh, I don't think that necessarily hurts him with the Republican base for projecting onto a a twenty twenty four race and a primary. He's still popular among Republican primary voters, but it it showed that there is some weakness. Maybe there are some holes in the armor, and does that give some other candidates? Uh, think that they can take a shot at him. And mm. I, I, I got a kick out of uh, a couple of things with, uh, with DeSantis in particular, this DeSantis Trump rivalry that a few weeks ago, there was a story about uh, how DeSantis privately was telling donors that he was going to take Trump head on and, and there was going to be a full frontal assault on Trump's record and I was like, okay, well, we know what usually happens when somebody takes Trump head on, and that ends up with Trump winning. <laughs> and that's yes. And but then, and then we uh, just a couple of days ago, there was some uh, anonymous DeSantis advisors, you know, complaining that Trump called DeSantis a name. <laughs> like, okay, well, <laughs> if this is what we're, if this is, if the if the the first nickname is causing some consternation in the DeSantis camp, then I don't know if if how this is going to go, if there's going to be a a head-on collision between between those two, uh, but the, the I guess the bottom line is after after elections, there's what happened in the election and what the politicians think happened in the election, and we mm-hmm. have to listen to what they think happened because that's going to guide their future behavior. So as we saw some of these MAGA candidates, a number of them lose. What is the lesson that both the Republican Party and those candidates take away? Is it that, well, that that sort of brand of politics is not popular enough to win in critical seats? And so there needs to be a course correction. Or is it just blame something else that that something else was the reason why they lost or there were. And so there isn't any need to change any behavior. And that's so that's one of the things I'm listening for in this post-election period is, is there anything that um, 
you know, the the Trump, I'll, I'll say the Trump first wing of the Republican Party that they think they need to do looking ahead to the future elections. Well, there is still a lot hanging in the balance here for the last two years of the Biden administration as we wait to see uh, where Congress lands in terms of control and using this as a springboard to 2024. A lot of unanswered questions. Make sure you are reading Nathan Gonzalez at InsideElections.com. And he's on Faith Nation quite a bit uh, for CBN, so you can always catch him on Faith Nation when he joins us there. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. All right, John, thanks for that conversation, that information there, and breaking that all down. We're obviously going to be watching that one closely uh, as things continue to unfold. Well, uh, that leaves us with time for one last thing. You know, I think with that story that we were just talking about, about the selfless grandma being a a really good Samaritan and going out and taking care of the homeless and giving them food, I thought this was the perfect verse to end with. It's Matthew 25, 40. It says, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What a good perspective to have. Yeah. Loving, loving God, loving others. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, and I love too, just that she said, I know I'm right. And I'm going to keep doing it. And that is that is an eternal perspective. Honestly, it may sound like a simple thing. That is uh, the eternal perspective that we all should want to have. Um, and so good for her. Great place to end it. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully I don't lose my voice. And uh, we'll see you back here, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise on Monday.